to Michael. I have so many ideas for this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. We can. I want to defend Taylor Jenkins. People in trash and Jenkins all weekend. I want to defend him. We can talk about the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals. It's all set. There's Joe, so many Joe, awesome teams. Joe, what, Joe, what? 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 Joe. Joe. I, I think you've been living under a rock. What? What? So, some some big news happened with the Grizzlies. No, the, the it, it, it's 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 about your boy John Morant. I'm okay. gonna see. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna send you a link. Let's just get the show started. Let's okay. kick it off. Let's go. I guess lock I need to Grizzlies. lock in better. I'm gonna watch this during the the video. Let's lock in. You are locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I know, I know, I know. I I just I just want to talk about basketball to Michael. That's all I want to do. This is supposed to be a basketball podcast where we discuss basketball things and we can't even do that. <sighs> well, what a Monday way to start off locked on Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Monax, joined by my co-host of Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I am of Bluff City Media, and I thought we were going to discuss basketball today, but it seems that off-the-court issues have once again cropped up for the Memphis Grizzlies. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks has a great offer for first-time users. They can receive a 100% instant discount or deposit match, excuse me, up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. Again, we are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube as well. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Continue to make us at Locked On Grizzlies a part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies experience. And again, I'm genuine. I spent the weekend defending Taylor Jenkins to Michael Cole and how people want to get that guy fired, which we'll talk about Coach Jenkins later on in the program because I do think... There is room to have that discussion of his presence in the franchise with the issue that we'll be discussing today. But I know your Sunday, your Mother's Day, hello, Mother's Day. I had to write a a nobody cares, but I'm just going to briefly vent. I had to write a news piece in the church parking lot uh, Mm. after church on Sunday while my wife on Mother's Day and my three children stared me down. So <laughs> nobody cares about my plight or your plight, but we had to work on Mother's Day to Michael because John Morant back in the news late Saturday night, early Sunday morning video goes viral. He appears to once again be holding a gun. This time it is not his Instagram live video. It is that of a friend. I know you'll talk more about the friend here momentarily, uh, but it is John Morant once again, split second, holding a weapon, uh, a firearm it appears to be. And the Memphis Grizzlies have suspended him from all team activities. Now, really quick, people might be saying, well, Memphis got eliminated from the playoffs. What do you mean by team activities? And I'm sure you can elaborate on this too to Michael. But if he wanted to go work out at FedEx Forum, you know, there's guys that will get up shots, that sort of thing. Using the facilities, he's not allowed around the team essentially right now in any function is what that means. And again, you can elaborate as well since you're there and you cover the team daily. Uh, But that's my understanding of what that suspension is. And it's likely going to become something bigger than that. But we'll talk about that throughout the show. Just general facts you might have. I know, like I said, you've had a busy 
Uh, you had a busy Mother's Day working on this. Uh, what what do we know as of now, DeMichael, especially involving uh, the gentleman whose account Ja was caught uh, waving the pistol, apparently, allegedly? Yeah. Well, the basics pretty much are, are, are what you said in terms of the Grizzlies have suspended John Morant away from team, you know, activities. That means primarily at this point in the offseason, it's pretty much using the facilities, you know, going to the facilities to work out, get shots up. Ja is pretty much a guy who who gets around in the offseason, but Memphis is still his base. So a lot of players, you know, Jaren likes to go out to California and, you know, Zaire go, goes back to Southern Cal for a large part sometimes. Uh, but with Ja, he's, he's in Memphis more than anywhere else. Of course, he has a lot of endorsement things and opportunities in other places, but Memphis is pretty much his base. So that's kind of a big deal for him because now in Memphis, he'll probably be working out more at home or other places and gyms and, and whatnot uh, that, that he wants to go to in order to get uh, that work in. But you mentioned so the friend situation. There was a conversation being had. All the way back in March, you remember, Joe. I think we talked about it, but a lot of people, a lot of people talked about it, right? And it was oh about John Morant's circle, and one of the main names that came up in those conversations was Devontae Pack. Uh, Devontae Pack is John Morant's very close friend. John Morant calls him his brother. It's, I have very close friends that I call my brother. So, oh, I, yeah. you know, you, you get that. That's how close they are. They do everything pretty much together. They're always together. If you see any videos, John when he's out. Devontae Pack's usually standing to his left or standing to his right. So uh, they're very close friends. Uh, you, uh, many of you who follow John Morant have seen him wear the brand MBNO. Uh, I believe it's My Brothers No Others, uh, something like that. And it's basically Devontae Pack's brand. And Ja has helped him, you know, promote it. And, and Ja is, you know, pretty much a member of that group and whatnot. But here's the thing. This is what it all boils down to, Right. Devontae Pack and Ja are very close. They played AU basketball together in South Carolina. They've been close for a number of years. But let's go through some incidents this, this season. If you go back to the situation at Ja's home where he, you know, had the situation with the then 17-year-old, now 18-year-old uh, Josh Holloway, kid who's going to play college uh, basketball at Sanford, um, Devontae Pack was a part of the Holloway's you know, a lawsuit and basically saying he jumped in to help John Morant. We don't know if that's, you know, true or not, but uh, it's a part It's a, a part of the lawsuit. Devontae Pack's name comes up there. That's what we're riffing on here, when his name comes up. You remember right. the situation with the Indiana Pacers? Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it physically with my own eyes. Uh, Devontae Pack and James Johnson were talking across the court to each other, and pretty much he was talking in – it towards the Pacers bench, Devontae Pack, that is. And as he was being escorted from the game, he put his hand up and pointed to the back, as in meet me in the back after the game. So there was that situation as well. Then there are the uh, a, new, a number of other instances uh, that come to mind, but none more important than the early morning of March 4th uh, at the Denver nightclub where John Morant has the Instagram live video and right beside him is Devontae Pack in that video as well. And now we come back to this incident uh, that happened. Uh, I think it was late. I mean, it was on Saturday, but, you know, it kind of resurfaced Sunday morning and whatnot on Devontae Pack's Instagram. And it was John Morant, you know, right beside him in the Instagram. And then you can see he kind of tried to turn the camera over and all that. So I don't necessarily think this is his fault by nature, but you have to, you have to point out the facts here. The fact is, a lot of times that John Moran has gotten into a situation, he's been right there. 
And maybe sometimes it's coincidence, but I tell you what, the entire landscape of it is not a coincidence. So I think that's something you have to point out. But here's where I stand, Joe. And then I'd I love to hear what you got to say as well. Uh, where I stand is this is John Morant Smith. Uh, when the first time, when the March 4th incident, there was a little bit more remorse. Yes, it was it was a huge mistake, but it was, oh, he's 23. Yeah, he has to work on his mental health. Uh, he has to get used to, you know, this this pedestal, right? This leadership that's being thrust upon him. And then it was like, hey, I pledged, he pledged to be better. Remember his last uh, post-game press conference after the game six mm-hmm. loss? He was talking about being a leader this offseason. He used the word discipline. Self-discipline is what he was going to uh, work on going into the offseason. He said to pretty much reiterated that in his exit interviews. But guess what? We're here again, Joe. We're here. And to me, now it's like, okay, you can make an argument March 4th. You could make the argument. I don't know if I would, but you could make the argument on March 4th. Hey, he didn't know. He didn't know the, the what came with what he has now. But you can't make that argument after March 4th because no. a lot of things were almost taken away. No, you can't. Uh, I, I want to do now, because this was literally two weeks ago, right? A little more than two weeks ago when this end of season availability happened and we had this conversation. And obviously we were hosting Lockdown Grizzlies back in March when all this was going down. Uh, I, I want to make clear, because as, as an educator, as somebody that works beyond my Grizzly stuff, mental health issues are very real. Mm-hmm. And there are people that struggle with that each and every day. And I want to be, I want to be clear that that is important. 100%. And I think if Ja is enduring that, he needs to seek help more seriously. Now that I've put that out, I am very disappointed that I was one of the ones who gave him that benefit of the doubt because he clearly is not remorseful, in my opinion. If he was, he would be at the minimum a lot more aware. He's not thinking is the problem here. He's not thinking That, that that should never have happened. The video, I think it was, and again, I saw it on Sunday morning, and it was like 13 seconds in or something like that. Yep. It was yep. a quick flash. Like, you had to screenshot it. I couldn't see it just watching the video. Right. So I, I they told uh, several folks on Twitter said, screenshot it here. And that's what I did, and I saw it. And you, you know, but you don't care. And you don't think enough about it. And... Devonte Pack may be his best friend, and you know I know you have best friends that are like that. I have a best friend that's like that. A couple, you know, people that I I also call my brother. My kids call them Uncle Dave, right, or mm-hmm. Uncle Charlie. Like they mm-hmm. call them Uncle because they are my brother to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if my brother cost me forty million dollars, I'd be really pissed off at my brother. Mm. And I, I think that while that's scapegoating, because I agree, it's one hundred percent on John Moran. The company you keep says a lot about who you are as a person. And I think that that has to be the reality right now because John Morant owns all responsibility for this. It's not Devontae Pack who's at risk of losing a shoe deal with Nike. That's extremely popular and could be creating generational wealth for he and his family. It's John Morant. It's not Devontae Pack who missed out on a Supermax contract because, in part because of the actions that occurred during the regular season. It's John Moran. So he needs to do some serious soul searching beyond whatever mental health things there may or may not be. 
and come to the realization that if you are not actively helping me use this opportunity to put my great grandkids who I may never see in a better position because of the work that I'm doing now, then you have to, uh, again, I'm, uh, it's not my business. It's his family. It's his life. But I, in, if it were me, I'm not hanging out with somebody that you went through the facts. And it's not to Michael Cole saying this. It's Joe Molinax saying this. You went through the facts. There's a list of things that have happened, and there's one common denominator, technically two. John Morant's there. Devontae Pack's there. Devontae Pack doesn't have a $190-plus million contract with the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think we can kind of leave it at that for now. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we're going to talk about the idea of a suspension. There was a lot of back and forth on social media on Sunday, uh, Mother's Day again on Mother's Day. This is all happening. Uh, should John Morant have a lengthy suspension, 20 games, 40 games, half a season? DeMichael and I will talk briefly because, again, we're still in the beginnings of all this. We'll talk briefly about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a remarkable, remarkable app that continues its $1 million daily Superflex promotion. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern time on Prize Picks will be randomly selected each day. You can win up to $1 million with $80,000 and $16,000 opportunities as well. You can find the full details at prizepicks.com slash million. And if you're not familiar with Prize Picks, again, it's a wonderful app, wonderful site where you are picking two to six players to go uh, more or less than the points they score, assists, rebounds, whatever counting stats there are. You're going against projections. You're not going against other people, and you can win up to 25 times your money. Obviously, the NBA playoffs are now reaching the conference final stage. I wish we were talking more about that. There's other sports, Major League Baseball, PGA, all sorts of different things going on. Prize Picks has it all for you. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with a promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. It's that easy. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Suspension. Again, we should be talking about basketball, and here we are next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mullinex, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole. I am a the head of Grizzlies content, written content, I guess, over at Bluff City Media. You can check out DeMichael and all the great work he does as the beat writer for the Memphis Grizzlies over at the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. And DeMichael, I alluded to it earlier in the show, the idea of a suspension, obviously, it was time away from the team, in air quotes there, uh, that turned into essentially an eight-game suspension from the NBA. I, I'm Again, it's finding the right way to say this. I, In terms of discipline, I do not have a ton of respect for Adam Silver as a commissioner. <laughs> I think he's fairly lenient. And if you listen to numerous NBA people, including including Adrian Wojnarowski in the lead up to the game yeah. seven between the Celtics and 76ers, he alluded to that and how several people specifically, they, he didn't give sources, but in conversations with Woj, who has all the sources, obviously, he talked about how people were like, oh, eight games, that's kind of lean. That's kind of lenient. Like this dude probably broke the law, right? Yeah. It was in pretty much two being, games. Like, right. Mm -hmm. It was basically a two-game suspension, right? So he's already been called out publicly, at least through these sources, for being lenient with this. 
Ja clearly is not remorseful, or if he was remorseful, it was more so about the the torment that he went through in terms of you know possibly losing Nike and, and all those sorts of things. So now here we sit. Obviously, it's May. The team doesn't convene again in terms of a full camp until September, early October. What do you foresee Memphis doing in terms of, or the league, I guess it would be, the league in terms of a suspension? Again, there's two sides to this. On one side, if he was in the state of Tennessee, we can debate gun rights versus gun restriction versus Mm -hmm. gun law all you want. That's not the place for this podcast. Mm -hmm. In Tennessee, it is an open carry, open policy. There are pictures of people with guns all over the state of Tennessee, up Mm -hmm. out in public. So there's that side of the argument. And then there's the other side, which, you know, is kind of where I'm leaning, that the NBA is a publicly involved situation where billions of dollars are tied up. It's a little bit different than, you know, if you or I wanted to go out there and just carry around a gun. Um, You know, it's a and again, he is a past trend. He has had past transgressions. He's had issues with this in the past. And again, the lack of remorse, that is where the line is for me. It's not necessarily that he's done this again as much as it's, you know, it's two weeks after the season, all the things that he said, the Jalen Rose interview, and it, it, at the time, people, some people said it was a show, right? It was just a PR stunt. And again, shame on me for trying to believe that this was a young guy that made a mistake because it looks like those folks were right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, right? And here's the thing, I, I, I am not trying to, to put myself in Johnson's shoes in sure. any way uh, when I Understood. say this. Just want to give a a relative perspective here on, you know, what you just mentioned. You're talking about, because I know a lot of people will say, hey, you know, he, he had a gun in a video. What's what's the big deal? But it's it's an optics standpoint here. This is more about optics. This is more about the position that he has as a, one of the faces of the NBA. We often talk about the good things that come with getting a $190 million contract. Well, guess what? There's an image perspective of that that's affected, too, that some players like it. Some players can can handle it. I think LeBron James has handled it pretty well. And some players, you know, like Ja, self-admittedly, has struggled with certain things that come uh, with that so-said territory. And I think about even myself as a, as a journalist. If I were to ride around with one of my friends on Instagram mm-hmm. Live and pull out, you know, a gun in the video, my friends would get on me about that. And they wouldn't let me do that, quite frankly. And at the end, that goes to not only just the people around you, but there's also has to be some self-awareness uh, there uh, from Ja as well. But here's the thing when we talk about a suspension. The league with Adam Silver, you talk about the leniency uh, that he's given, uh, historically speaking. You know, I think David Stern was actually trending on Twitter uh, yesterday because people know Stern didn't play that. I mean, he, <laughs> he was borderline – you know, I mean, with with the draconian, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. John Morant with, would be suspended at least half oh, of the 2023 oh, 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 season exactly. if if David Stern were the NBA commissioner. But the but the one thing about this this league office that we have to remember, the only time they're not lenient, pretty much, they don't play about repeat offenders. We just saw Draymond get you know a one game suspension in the playoffs. In, in the middle of a heightened series against the Sacramento Kings. And 
Joe Dumars went on ESPN and basically said it's because Draymond has a history. Well, guess what? Now, after that first incident on March 4th, Sean Morant officially has a history. And those things do tend to come into play. I think when we're talking about Ja's case, that's the sad, you know, truthfulness about this situation is that can come into play. Uh, they're not going to completely dismiss that situation and, and this situation as as two completely different things. They're going to link them together. And you know what else they're going to think about? They're going to think about, again, Wolch, Wolch pretty much touched on this, but I thought about it as well. It's one of those situations. I mean, you as a teacher, you can, you can re- relate, Joe, to the fact you brought someone into your office. He came mm-hmm. all the way down to the league office. You took the time to sit down with him. It was Joe Dumars was in that room. There were several other high prominent people in the NBA league office set in as John Morant and, and Adam Silver and, and, and Dumars and the rest of those people had a very tough conversation about Ja's position in the NBA and where he goes from here. Now the fact that he has this situation come up, I don't think any of them are happy at all. Like, no. like, like, not not just not happy. I, I think, quite frankly, uh, it's it's an it's an embarrassment to you know the fact that they were a little bit lenient with the suspension because I think some of that leniency comes from belief. Hey, he'll be fine. We just have to have a talk with him. Don't don't hit him too hard with this because he you know he has to figure it out. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. Repeat offenders don't get too much of a break. And that's where it comes into play. I think there's a very real chance that John Morant is suspended uh, at the beginning of next season. And again, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. I, I think it's at least double digits. I think it's at mm-hmm. least 10 games. Oh, yeah. And I mean, after uh, probably games, closer yeah. to 20. Um, yeah. I, again, I. If it was David Stern, it would be half the season. I believe that <laughs> in my heart of hearts after watching the David Stern NBA and growing up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that Silver is not that by any stretch of the imagination. And if he tried to be, I think he'd lose the respect of a lot of the players in the league uh, and the relationship. Obviously, the new CBA just got signed, so they don't have to worry about labor negotiations anytime mm-hmm. soon. Uh, but I, I do believe that there would create tension if he tried to be something that he's not now. I do think that there will be a larger suspension. We'll have subsequent episodes of Lockdown Grizzlies where we can talk about what does that mean for Tyus Jones? Because mm. he's been one of the guys we've said mm-hmm. he's the most tradable asset. It's if a, you put, if Ja Morant is now going to be out for a quarter of your season. It's a conversation. What do you do? Do you keep Tyus? How do you improve this team with that no longer really being an option? And then, of course, if we really want to go off the rails, which I'm not even going to say it out loud, but there might be oh. a random Tuesday in June or July that people log on to Lockdown Grizzlies and they, you know, what what in the world is that headline? We're not we're not going to get there just yet. Um, but I, I do believe that there's going to be consequences for this and there should be, uh, you know, again, legality is one thing. What happens in a court of law is one thing. The court of public opinion is a lot more significant when it comes to the National Basketball Association, mm-hmm. at least in terms of the bottom line, dollars and cents, and the emotion of being embarrassed. And mm-hmm. I think that the league office should feel embarrassed because they're on, in a much more prominent and powerful position than me, but they're they're like me. They gave the young guy the benefit of the doubt, and that's blown up in their face all over Instagram Live. Uh, when we come back here on Locked On Grizzlies, we're going to talk about how the organization should perceive job moving forward. Teammates, what role Zach Kleiman and, and Taylor Jenkins have in all this. We could probably do an entire episode on the latter. 
but we're going to do a brief overview of how the Grizzlies themselves should see Ja coming out of this second transgression. Uh, obviously, there were multiple things before this, but in terms of the Instagram Live holding a gun, what comes next with his teammates and others within the Memphis Grizzlies? You're watching Locked or listening to Locked On Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I'm Joe Mullinax, co-host of Bluff City Media, joined by DeMichael Cole with the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, make sure you're following his work at DeMichael C. Subscribe to the commercial appeal. Make sure you're subscribed to Bluff City Media. Between myself, DeMichael, the publication website things that we work for, and of course, Lockdown Grizzlies, we've got you covered all offseason long uh, when it comes to Grizzlies content. And again, fingers crossed we can talk about basketball on Tuesday, DeMichael. <laughs> fingers we'll crossed. Uh, but we're, we're finishing up our Monday edition of the show talking about how the franchise reacts around Jaw because uh, before the show started recording you mentioned you know the the teammates you know Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. you know Desmond Bain's off taking pictures with the Cal Bridges. That's one of the things I want to talk what, about. That's what we should have been talking about, right? Hello. Yes, that'd be fantastic. Uh but at the same time now we're looking at a situation where how's Bain going to respond to this? How's Jaron going to respond to this? In the past, they've said, oh, we're all with Jaw. We want Jaw to get better. We want to help him out. Again, maybe that was the PR savvy, don't say too much kind of line of thinking. But this is the second time that one of those key pillars of the Memphis Grizzlies moving forward, arguably the most important pillar of the Grizzlies moving forward, has done something that directly impacts their stated goal of competing for a championship. It makes him, John Morant, look extremely unserious every time he says that. If he really cared about that, he would not be doing the things that he's doing. So assuming that Desmond Bain seriously cares and assuming that Jaron Jackson Jr. still seriously cares, and we have no evidence to suggest that they don't and they back it up in their work and all the things they do, how do these players, how do they respond? I'm curious as to how Taylor Jenkins interacts with all this, Zach Kleiman, and again, we're, we're uh, towards the end of our show here. We had a lot mm -hmm. that we can unpack, uh, mm -hmm. but just how the Grizzlies moving forward perceive and interact with Jaw after that trust was kind of broken again. Yeah. I, so I'm going to touch on two quick hitters here. Okay. And I want to start with Taylor Jenkins. And I'm going to start with a story that's not related to Taylor Jenkins, but you'll get the correlation. Okay. There was a, there was a moment. I think it was, when did, was it 2016 when Ty Lue took over? Or for David Blatt, uh, those mm. Cavs teams, 2015, 2016. I think it was 2016. Right. He won the mm -hmm. championship when he took over. There was a moment that a lot of people highlight from that team. I think they were in the huddle. And Ty Lue was talking, and LeBron James was talking at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Ty Lue, early in his coaching tenure with the Cavaliers, turned to LeBron James and told him, shut the expletive up. And... That was a tone setter because that's that's LeBron James. And, and yeah, you're the coach, but we've heard the stories about LeBron James and, and coaches and, and you know, nothing factual, but just the jokes, sure. I guess, about how LeBron is pretty much the coach and things like that. But LeBron's the best GM in the in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So, but the point here is do you think Taylor Jenkins, not 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 he's he and Ty Lue are two different personalities. It doesn't have to be you know, said in that same way. And Ty Lue is a former player, which is Ty extremely Lue, important in terms a, of that relationship. Yeah, yeah, that, that is very important. But I feel like the point I'm making there is 
is he I, I I know he's holding John Morant accountable on the floor, but is there that same accountability to the mistakes? Ja, that's stupid. Ja, what are you doing? You know, it 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 has to be that too. That's that's pretty much my point there. But get into the players. Desmond Bain. I've always said it and I've written about it. Desmond Bain is the most natural leader left uh on this team. Agreed. And it's because again, there's so many factors here. I think about when you know the Grizzlies are struggling and and, and John Morant skips media or Dylan Brooks skips media. Uh, Desmond Bain is 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 going to sit right there. I've seen games Desmond Bain shoot three of sixteen, mm-hmm. and he's he's still the same even kill guy after the game. But he has that confidence and that swagger to say, hey, "We're going to get better for this." I've seen times where other teammates have been down. Zaire Williams towel draped over his head, head down in the locker room, doesn't want to really talk to anybody, and everybody's just walking past him, walking past him. And then there's Desmond Bain. Z, lift your head up. He's a natural leader. He is the guy that's best positioned on this team uh, to not only say something to Ja and prove it with the words, but guess what? He can hoop too. He averaged 21, pretty much five and five and on a bad foot. So there's that perspective of, yeah, I'm going to tell you to do this, but I can do it a little bit myself as well. And I think now this kind of, I won't say pressure, but it puts more of the emphasis on the fact that Desmond Bain, yes, it's only going to be year four for him, but he has to be, more of that leader. And the reason I'm emphasizing Des more than Jaron, because I think Jaron is becoming that leader as well. But Jaron, to me, this is my opinion, isn't more of the natural leader that Desmond Bain is. Remember, I've heard stories where guys like Dylan Brooks, guys like Desmond Bain, they have to tell, you know, Jaron, we want you to be more of a dog. We want you to be, you know, more of that guy. You don't got to tell Desmond Bain to be more of a dog. It's it's naturally there. But at the same time, Jaron tenfold has improved drastically with his communication on the court he has all the leadership skills from that standpoint but i think a situation like this this is when you need desmond bain to be that guy who can kind of carry this team through the offseason who can we talk about the grizzlies having the group chat can be the guy in the group chat say ja get it together we need you uh, you can't do this anymore i mean you can't make these simple these mistakes because it reflects on us as well he can be that guy it definitely reflects on the memphis grizzlies i can tell you that as someone who follows Memphis from afar, yep, uh, you know the Grizzlies, and we've talked about this on the show before. They were the ESPN darling. It was Memphis Grizzlies yeah. Day on ESPN. They have gone from the plucky, lovable, yeah, Grizzlies are going to be the next great team <laughs> to everybody outside of Memphis either is, you know, glad they lost to they hate the Memphis Grizzlies now. It's been a pretty dramatic heel turn. And, you know, <laughs> when John Morant does stuff like this, you could say it's not fair to judge the whole team that way. But again, we mentioned it earlier in the show, perceptions, reality, the court of public mm-hmm. opinion. John Morant is the leader of the Memphis Grizzlies. All the reasons you just gave for Desmond being that guy are 100% true. But Desmond doesn't have a five-year, $191 million contract extension and this new shoe with Nike and all of these other things. John Morant's the one that's the perceived leader of the franchise, and he is not doing that right now for these Grizzlies. Um, I'll finish my thoughts with what you said about Taylor Jenkins, because I do think it's important uh, that he and Kleiman, Zach Kleiman, the GM of the Grizzlies, in the absence of an active owner, right? And and I want to stress that that's (laughs) historically a good thing, right? Robert Parra in the background, 
he's very good at letting his guys do their jobs. Yeah, he's not no Mark Cuban on the sideline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he's, I still prefer this. I want to stress that. Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins bear some responsibility in this. It's on Kleiman and the tripling down on youth. It's on Taylor Jenkins and not using the credit the credit that he should have built with this team. Because I remember, DeMichael, and I know you do as well, even if though you weren't covering the team yet, in the bubble when everything was going on with George Floyd and how yeah. active Taylor Jenkins was in the conversations he was having with his predominantly African-American team and how they were angry. And he was trying to learn. And he was very vulnerable in those conversations. And saying, I'm trying to learn from these guys. I'm trying to develop relationships with these guys. Why are they so mad? He was openly acknowledging that he was trying to learn and have empathy. And to me, those are very significant when you're developing a relationship with one of your players. You're not a player to coach. You're person to person. You're trying to be a friend. You know, all that stuff that he's done to bring it up here. My point is he should have a relationship with these guys. He should be able to be in a place, even though he never played a minute in the NBA. He should be able to go to Ja and say, Ja, shut the up. Ja, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to us? We are we built something and you're not helping. You're help you're in the opposite direction. You're tearing it down right now. Why? He should be able to have those conversations. And maybe he is. But so much of what we see, and again, perception's reality. So much of what we see is. Adam Silver, Taylor Jenkins, a passiveness. Uh, uh, it's perceived allowing the players to have the ultimate say. And when you're in that situation and they're making that mistake, nobody is able to step in on the organizational level and say enough is enough. So whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, whether it is you know the general manager, the organization, there has to be a step somewhere where someone comes down hard on this because it doesn't feel like, and again, that might be completely ignorant. You know more about the inner workings of the organization than me, especially Jenkins, who is with these guys for six months out of the year, seeing them more than he sees his own kids and his own wife. He should have the relationship at this point. And again, I'm trying to give him credit for what happened in the bubble and all of those things. Mm-hmm. He gave genuine effort. At least it was I perceived it that way covering the team. And you should be able to have a conversation with your star player that this can't happen. And clearly that hasn't happened, or at least not effectively enough. Yeah, he's talked about accountability in the past. But here's the thing uh, that's really stood out to me where you have to double down on that accountability mm-hmm. and kind of approach it more direct this time around because – uh, what we saw, you you mentioned it earlier, the language in the first – oh, Ja was stepping away from the team when it should have been – It's very direct. clearly a suspension. Yeah, yeah. It, should, it should have been that direct, and and I get it. You you know, you want – it kind of felt like a slap on the wrist. They were babying Ja in a way right. through that process. Well, guess what? Now uh, you got to approach this a little bit different, and you, you said it perfectly. Taylor Jenkins has that relationship, and they said things like, in that last situation, things came to a head. But if you go back, listen to the exit interviews, you go back, listen to what John said after game six, you go back, just listen to Taylor Jenkins talk about how proud he is of how far John's come, you know, in this past time. Uh, people, you know, around the organization have, have kind of basically said things to me like, you know, uh, John, I mean, the way he's 
he's improved. People in the organization were very ecstatic about his progress over the last two months. Ecstatic. They were happy. They were happy with the progress that he's shown in the past two months. And for this to happen, it's a big slap in the face to all of them. So Taylor Jenkins, Zach Kleiman, all these other people that are around him far more, know him far better than me, also feeling the embarrassment of having this guy's back and it just not being reciprocated. Uh, it's, and again, I, I want to end our show here with the understanding that, and DeMichael hasn't been saying this, it's been me. What I think, aside from my wonderful listeners and viewers here on Lockdown Grizzlies and all the writing I do, it's about John Morant here, right? Mm-hmm. Like he could give a damn less part in my language if Joe Mullinax is disappointed in him, right? He could care less if the Michael Cole or anybody else is disappointed in him more than likely. But at the end of the day, as I wrote, when all of this happened at the first time, all this went down. At the end of his life, John Morant is going to be the one person that's sure as as heck going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. He is going to be there. And when he takes his last breath, he's going to be the one that has to reflect on what he did. And right now, he is on a path that is not conducive to where somebody, not just of his stature, but somebody of his status as a, as a father, as a leader of his family, he is not where he needs to be. And if it's genuinely mental health, then he needs to go to a treatment facility and stay there longer than 48, 72, 96 hours. Yeah. If it's genuinely alcohol, there's all sorts of theories and things like that. And I'd know nothing. So I'm not going to, Whatever the issue is, now is the time to address it because he is getting dangerously close to taking away the opportunity that only 0.0001 of the civilization that walks this earth gets a chance to do, and that is have generational wealth. I can't stress that enough. There's a difference between being somebody like Kyle Anderson, the Anthony Melton guys that we've talked about recently on this show that they're going to make millions of dollars, but even millions of dollars in 2023, it can go. Yeah. We're talking the capacity to make billions of dollars. That is what's in front of John Morant, potentially. LeBron James, that type of money. Michael Jordan, that type of money. Mm-hmm. Dude sitting around and saying, you know what? When I'm done being a basketball player, I'm going to be an owner, a governor mm-hmm. of an organization. That is what's on the table for the type of player, the type of athlete, the type of star that Ja can be. And he is very close to pissing that away. So I hope that he gets what he needs to get because this is, you know, beyond embarrassing for any of us. It's embarrassing for him. And at the end of the day, that's what's most important. On Tuesday's episode of Locked on Grizzlies, hopefully we can actually discuss basketball. That would be nice. There's a Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals now. Maybe we can focus on other ways that the Grizzlies can uh, improve in the offseason. But I'm sure there will be some John Morant fallout that will also be included in our Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you again, wherever you're listening, however you're watching, YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are very grateful that you are in every day or hopefully checking out to Michael and I here on Lockdown Grizzlies each and every day. For my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole, I am Joe Mullinax. We will catch you on Tuesday. Stay locked in. 
This is Locked On Grizzlies.